What's up, everyone? On this episode of Just Talking, I'm going to be talking about the Netflix show Mindhunter. This won't be the episode for the week. Every now and then, I think I'm just going to throw in random episodes about TV shows, books, music albums that I binged watched, and we'll just deep dive into those. So if you like the weekly update and the topic of social meetings or whatever, if you like the normal ones, those are still coming. Stay around for those. If you like those and you also watched Mindhunter on Netflix and want to talk about it, hang around and uh, let's dive in. Let's talk about it. Anything and everything. Let's discuss this calmly and rationally. Come on in here. Let's talk about it. Wait, wait, wait. Let's discuss this. All right. So if you're still listening, I would guess you watched Mindhunter or are planning on watching it. If you're planning on watching it, this is going to have a lot of spoilers. I'm going to talk all about it quickly. Quickly give my review. I will say, I don't want to drag it out and make everyone right. I will say right now my point of view, my take, whatever. I liked, I liked it. If I had to sum it down into one word, I would say Mindhunter was good, not great, but it could have been great. I think the setup, the characters, the plot devices, it had an awesome mixture of one narrative, which is what you like from HBO, Showtime, cable shows. Like they have one narrative, Breaking Bad, everything, Sons of Anarchy kind of, but the whole season is one plot point. And then what you get from like shitty detective shows like the CSIs or NYPD, all those shows are episodal. Each episode has a bad guy, good guy, a finished story. I hate episodal TV shows unless they're comedies, but dramas, detectives, I am out. I don't watch any of those. I don't like them. I like a long story. I like diving in. And this had a great mixture, the plot device where they're learning about these criminals and studying their behavior was great because the interviews was like, we're a new subject, but they're building. And then they also have the singular cases, like um, the guy who was killing old ladies and their dogs because of his mom and his dog. Like that was like a singular case. The foot tickler, that was a singular case, but they all tied in well. Uh, so that it wasn't really episodic. It was like a great mixture of the two. I still would prefer TV shows that are kind of like Stranger Things or Breaking Bad, where it's one long story. But this is good. This is a nice mix where you can tune in and out. You don't need to watch one after the other. Although I did, I thought it was great. But I think they, I didn't like a lot of what they had. Also, the what it had going for it, good. The cinematography, the tone, and like the 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 non-fictional storyline. So, I mean, I'm sure if you watch, you know that Ed Kemper was a real guy. The BTK killer, the flashbacks they're having of the Park City, Kansas guy that's killing people, it ended with him burning pictures of his victims bond, uh, bound. That's a real killer. A lot of the other guys are, you know, um, what was the guy at the end? Richard Speck or something like that. Yeah, Richard Speck, real killer. Uh, those guys are real. The interviews with Ed Kemper, I think, were the best part of the whole show. That actor crushed it. What a weird role to crush. So I think it had a lot of shit going good for it. The acting was mostly good. I did not like the main character as an actor. Now, my girlfriend disagrees. She thinks it's very on purpose. I think there are parts of it that are on purpose. My friend Evan, who did Talk and Glitch with me, um, he didn't like him at all. He thought he was a terrible actor. It was hard for me to take him seriously because it looked like it was a Tosh .0 bit with, cause he looks like Tosh. 
And then he kind of has that like smirk, boyish smirk that Tosh does when he's trying to act serious in one of his roles and always on the cusp of breaking and laughing. That's what I felt like I was witnessing with Holden. I liked his character. They did try to make him, well, okay, the very first intro, because his girlfriend, Debbie, I don't think I've ever seen two people have worse chemistry on screen. And I think that was not intentional. I think they wanted us to believe they had good chemistry, at least at the beginning when they meet at the bar and they're doing that quirky, witty, fast-talking banter that's supposed to be, like, clever and cool. Now, I'm going to show a clip from Lucky Number 11 with Josh Hartnett and Lucy Liu. If you've never seen this, I'll try to cut it down. But watch this clip. This is exactly what I think they wanted it to be. Quirky, quick. Each sentence is like two ahead of where you, they're like, there's gaps in between the sentences because they're both ahead of each other. They're fin- They're like, they're on the same thought wave. They're quick, they're fast, they're flirting. It's going great. Lucky number 11 with Lucy Liu and Jess Arnett did perfect. Here's a little sample of that. Coming. It took you long enough. You're not Nick. You're not as tall as I thought you'd be. Well, I'm short for my height. Oh, see, that makes sense because I can usually tell how tall someone is by their knock. You have a deceptively tall knock. Congratulations. So it's a good thing. I don't know. I opened the door expecting you to be up here. You're down there. That combined with the low center of gravity, forget about it. What was your name again? Lindsay. I live across the hall. Oh. I came over to borrow a cup of sugar. Where's your cup? I said I came over to borrow a cup of sugar. If I brought a cup, then I would have said I came over to borrow sugar. Touche. What are you doing? We know who he called. Now we find out who called him. Columbo says that there are three things. Oh. Columbo. Yeah, Columbo was this uh, TV detective oh, played I know by who Peter Columbo Falk. Is, yeah. Well, according to Columbo, there are three things to look for in a crime scene. What's there now that wasn't there before? What was there before that isn't there now? And what's been moved? Is this a crime scene? Well, I think Nick's in trouble. Uh-huh. Oh, sorry, wrong number. That was the Hotel Cheval again. So what? He called a hotel, a hotel called him back. It makes sense. So maybe it's a clue. A clue to what? Maybe it's a clue to what happened to Nick. We don't know anything happened to Nick. We don't know that anything didn't happen to Nick. Look, he said he was going to meet you. You're here. He's not. The door was open. And bad things happen wherever you go. Oh, shit. I gotta stop by work. It's just for a couple hours. Um, I'll come back and then we can start the investigation. Yeah, so it's good. And I don't even think Lucy Liu and Jeff Sartnett are like phenomenal actors or actresses, but they definitely had a lot of chemistry or they rehearsed it a bunch, whatever they nailed. That's the first time they meet. That's their dialogue. They nailed it. Now the first time Holden and Debbie meet is at the bar. Here's the scene. Did he buy you those nice shiny shoes? Yes. I have one brown pair and one black pair. I've got sneakers, but I had to buy those myself. What kind of grown up lets their parents choose their clothes for them? Are you coming on to me? How do you like my approach? Special Agent Holden Ford. Wow. Can you tell? Everybody can tell. You got a gun? I have one, but I'm not going to show it to you. Nuts. I don't think they nailed that. I think it was horrendous. Like, I think it was really bad. And it just went on like that the whole time. It was really bad. So I thought their chemistry was bad. Uh, I didn't think the main actor, which is named Jonathan Gaff, I don't think he did a great job. Maybe it was on purpose. I will say they did make him very boyish. Like anytime he was in the car with Tench, obviously he's smaller than Tench. They made him look like a tiny man. It was like, he is like always slouching. 
Whenever he was on screen with someone, they made him look much smaller. So there's definitely, they were trying to show us like he is, I don't know, boyish, I think. Innocent, boyish, but he was, he was skirmish. That's how they see him, at least, like this little weird boy. Is he a sociopath? Yeah, probably. I mean, he doesn't really have feelings. He loves this shit. Ugh. Weirdo. Uh, all the criminals were really good. That last criminal, the one with the red hair that, uh, well, he wasn't the last one, but the one with the red hair, I can't think of his name, Brutus right now. They gave him the shoes. That guy I was like, it was, I didn't like him at first, but then I liked him. I mean, like is the wrong word. Fascinating, interesting. Like Ed Kemper, that actor nailed that role so, so much. I bet they were trying to figure out how to get him in more scenes because that was amazing. Ed Kemper in real life was, you know, hor- horribly fascinating. And that actor did a great job. Loved it. Uh, what else? What else? What else? Oh, the whole end. So I didn't like the, the actor that was playing Holden. His character was fine, but the whole time you're kind of seeing like he's being wild, he's being wild. But then at the end, they show us that his intuition is right because he's getting in trouble for using the language, which is so stupid. You're interviewing psychopaths. I I didn't like that they took a turn towards the end of the plot and made it about inner team conflict. I don't care. Just I don't care if she's upset that he's using that language, if they're going to get disciplined. I don't care about the future of the program. I don't care about that at all. I would have rathered the storyline stay true to we're learning about these criminals and we're using it on cases. That should have been the grand finale. Not I didn't like when he was getting in trouble for saying, uh, well, I'm going to say it, but he was using the bad language and all that stuff. I don't care. I don't care. It was stupid. Wendy should know. You, scripts don't work. Like scripts don't work ever. When you're trying to get information out of someone. They like very, very rarely work. So that was dumb that they got so upset. They buried it. The guy then revealed it. I don't care about the inner office drama at all. I hope season two, they kind of just like squash that episode one. And go back into finding out information about serial killers. And using it to stop serial killers. It was cool. There's also the the scene where they, the last guy who raped and killed that 12 year old girl. And they go into the invest. They go into the um, investigation, they interview him, and they break him. That was wild to see, especially since we've seen, like, making a murder and serial with these coerced. I always say this word wrong. My girlfriend always corrects me. Katie, you guys know her. Coerced. Coerced. Fuck. Fuck. I wish I had someone to correct me right now. You know what I'm trying to say. Confessions? Because that was like, uh, they were making this guy confess. That would be thrown out nowadays. The, The information they had was cool, using the rock, putting the... Stuff there making feel guilty, but that is exactly what shows like making a murderer and serial taught us that is bad. Bad when police do that. But here we're watching it in the 70s thinking, oh yeah, this is cool. They're uh, they're really forcing this guy's hand to confess. That was interesting. I liked that. I liked taking what you learn, put it on these new killers. It's also really cool, like, you know, they, they're sequence killers, the serial killers. Hearing that dialogue... It's cool because it's something we all hear right now. And you would think a lot of terms like that, it's just like someone in the newspaper just says it and it sticks. But all this, all these, all this terminology was like thought out and had an agenda behind it and like was put in place to be used properly, which is cool. Because no one has ever thought about, hey, where did the term serial killer come from? I mean, maybe people have. That's shit I would Google, but... I never thought of that. So that was interesting to see. Uh, I was going to say something. Oh, so Holden. I didn't like him that much because I didn't like the character. 
I mean, I didn't like the actor. I liked the character. But then at the end, they kept showing us, like, tension. Wendy were getting upset. But his intuition was always right. He was right about Debbie falling for that other guy. He goes to the party where it's all dark and the lights turn on and guys, like, leaning all up. Intuition was right there. Intuition was kind of right on the feet tickler, dude. I mean, maybe not. Maybe he messed that up. But I thought he handled it really well. Well. When he was like, yo, principal, when I came in and I was talking, you told me, you advised me to change my language and do something a little different. I took your advice. I am a behavioral scientist study. I am advising you to stop tickling these little kids because the parents and teachers are asking you to stop tickling them. He handled himself so good in that conversation. He was like, you advised me. I took your advice. I'm advising you. Not yelling at you, just advising you to stop. You are uncomfortable, Agent Ford. Why is that? When I was here for career day, you asked me to edit my speech. You were worried how it would affect the teachers and students, so I did. I heard your concerns, I followed your advice. I am advising you to hear the concerns of your teachers and your school board. You didn't know what the hell you were doing that day. And the guy was so defensive and creepy. And his wife was all upset. Because people did, you know, they ruined his life, called him pedophile and shit. Which is just pre-crime. So that's like the whole interesting thing. Can you commit someone for pre-crime? No, you just have to watch them and wait for them to commit a crime. That seems so stupid, but that is how. Like, obviously you can't be like, you're locked up, dude. You're tickling little kids. But then you have to wait for him to commit the crime and then just feel fucking guilty like, shit, I knew this guy was going to do it. He checked off all the pre-crime lists. Which is, I'm sure if they do a season two, really interesting how they play that out. Like, okay, so at what point do we intervene? Because this guy has all the signs, but we can't. And we're still fighting that today because you just need mental health. Like, okay, bring him to a therapist, blah, blah, blah. Try to help him that way because you can't get him in trouble for not doing anything but having all the signs of someone that will do something. So, yeah, maybe if they do that in season two, that'll be really interesting to do. I liked Wendy. I like how Wendy was a lesbian. Um, she was gay. Uh, Evan brought this up to me. Because then you just didn't need the sexual tension between the, th- the team. They didn't need one of them to get attracted the Wendy, Wendy attracted them, love stories, a lot of shows forced love stories at you and making her a lesbian was simple way of letting us know it's not going to happen here. The cat thing, I never quite figured that out. I didn't even look it up. I'm sure some of you, if you were like Googling stuff, know what that means. Let me know because I don't want to look it up, but I, I will look it up, but we can talk about that later. I should have looked it up before I recorded this. This is all off the top of my head. I didn't make any, take any notes, didn't write anything down. I actually watched it a week ago, so it's not even that fresh. So I'm trying to remember what else happened. Tench was a great character. I mean, I like that actor. He was in a show called Lights Out back in 2010 on FX, which wasn't a great show, but he was good. But I thought he was great in this. And it was great juxtaposition how he couldn't handle things and would just bottle them up. And it was like getting too much for him. But Holden was kind of a sociopath and he was kind of like, what the hell? This is crazy. You should be reacting, but you're not. You're kind of psycho. I liked Tench a lot. The idea of road school, having it like a road movie, it's good. The whole, I already talked about it, but the whole, as like a, creating a show and how do we keep it moving? How do we keep it, the narrative going and having them learn while doing little cases, going town to town road, being able to go back to here, back to there. Perfect for a writer to be able to like a, weave it all together. I mean, it has to be well done, but it gives you just so many avenues to go down and that's really cool kind of jealous of whoever thought of it well it's based on true story cia agent or fbi agents really did this really had interviews really figured it all out i think holden and tench and wendy are all fictional but i don't even know didn't do any research 
this is just my gut reaction response on the show. I don't know if I have anything else. Kind of just sat here and rambled, which is what I like doing. What else happened? There was the storyline of the family where they all, they all killed that one girl. Billie Jean, I think her name was or something like that. That was kind of fucked. Kind of shitty. DA got involved and didn't really listen. Proving that it's hard. What they're doing is hard because people think they're crazy. Not crazy. I don't know. Richard Speck. That was a crazy scene when we threw the bird in the fan. Oof, yikes. I think that's all. So I think I think if they if they what I didn't like is how they ended it with all that inner office drama turmoil. Don't care about that. I, that was not the reason. The reason we were watching the show isn't like, oh my god, this department is doing something so different than what the FBI does. How's the FBI and them gonna get an get around each other and how are they going to handle this and is the FBI going to like the language he's using no one was caring about that while they were watching the show they were just like yeah interview more murderers and then use it to stop more murderers or catch more murderers no one was watching the show for inner office drama so the fact that that was like the crescendo that was like the big leading up like oh the gang's breaking up because Holden's talking to the criminals like he's a criminal to try and get them to talk was, uh, it's like, man, don't give a fuck about that. Why'd you guys go down that for the last two episodes of the whole season? Don't care. Uh, Debbie, his intuition was also great when she was like, well, you read people for a living, read this situation. He read the whole thing, read the bottle of wine, didn't have two glasses, was drinking half. You're breaking up with me. That was a cool scene. Holden not ratting out his coworkers. Like, who told you to do it? He's not like Tench told me to do it. Uh, he doesn't rat anyone out. It was cool, but then Tench rats him out. It's like, cool that Holden isn't a rat. They made me like Holden at the end. They made me think, yeah, this guy like is smart. His intuition is always right. But they're trying to hinder him. Why are you trying to hinder him? I don't care about this. Just go find... Oh, and Ed Kemper hugging him and him finally having a panic attack. I don't know. I just... I think they just wanted to bring Ed Kemper back because that actor crushed it. They were like, we need to get him back for the 10th. They also needed finally for Holden to have some feelings and have it all accumulate into one big thing. His girlfriend breaks up with him. His department is out to get him. Everyone thinks he's wrong. He knows that he's right. He can't be bottling this up anymore. He has to have some feelings. Is he actually a sociopath? Ed Kemper hugs him. Boom, boom. Anxiety attack, panic attack. Everything comes back to him, flash flood of emotions. So did you need did you need that? Maybe people really liked that. I need him to feel something. I need all this to get to him. I'm sure Tench as a character and Wendy liked that. Like, okay, good. You're human. Me, that wasn't what hooked me on the show, and that wasn't what I was enjoying about the show. So I hope season two they wrap up the inner office drama and just go back to interviewing criminals and stopping criminals and dealing with the pre-crime situation. It was, it was pretty. So the killer they show, his name is the BTK killer that started in the post office. And then he's going around park city. He's kind of bald. He's got glasses. That's a real killer. As soon as he came on screen, Katie and I knew him because we were like, Oh, that's because she likes that podcast. My favorite murder. I've always I mean, I mean, people get fascinated by serial killers, so I've always, like, known shit. His storyline's pretty long, so that was 
ballsy of them to put this in season one. Because I don't even know if you need a long jump in time to finish the, the BTK killers. I think it's B- BTK, BKT, something long, some acronym like that in Parks of the Kansas. You need a long time to finish this. I don't want to spoil. If you don't know who that killer is, you can look it up pretty easily. But you need a long timeline to finish that. So them putting that in season one, they're like, if they don't get a season two, then that storyline is kaput, done. All right. I don't know how long I just talked for. Probably like 20 minutes. That's good enough, right? That's not that long. Podcast. That's short if you're listening to this on the podcast. It's probably long if you're watching on the YouTube. You can do either. The next one I'll probably do on this is Stranger Things because I'm binging that now. Stranger Things season two. And yeah. So basically I'm obsessed with just reviewing things and podcasting, sharing my thoughts because otherwise I would just be like talking to I walk down the street and be like, hey, I, I watched Mindhunter and be like, oh, yeah, did you think this, 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 and have all these thoughts? And people are like, yo, I do not want to talk to you that in depth about Mindhunter. Please shut up. And I'm like, okay, okay, that makes sense. That makes sense because we don't know each other. But talking Mindhunter, but I'm just talking because I can't make a new podcast for every show. So just talking is going to be my main base for non Yankees stuff. All right, Mindhunter. Good, not great, could have been great. Had the formula to be great. They didn't do. They, they kind of muddied it up a little too much for me. That's all. Try your hardest. Do your best. That's the end. But our strategy, to be honest, is try your hardest. Do your best. Try your hardest. Do your best. Try your hardest. Do your best. Try your hardest. Try your hardest.